0: Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondarea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut or shortened due to rights issues.
1: This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening, colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea, it's business, but it's personal. Welcome
0: to Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. And today we have a very special encore edition of the programme. That means alongside super tunes from the shapers of jazz, soul and blues, we're welcoming back a past business shaper, none other than, ladies and gentlemen, here the drum roll, Adam Byatt, chef, restaurateur and food writer. Adam last joined us back in 2013, six years ago, so there's a lot to catch up about. With his grandfather a cook in the army and his mother a professional chef, Adam was exposed to cooking and the love of food from a young age. I was drawn to the kitchen, he says, by the environment, fluidity and pace. I felt alive there. 30 years on, I still do. And he looks very well on it too. But it was Adam's father who worked as a window cleaner that taught him the art of hard graft. And as a 15-year-old, Adam was holding down multiple jobs and earning £100 a week, delivering papers and milk, gardening and car washing, and with three boys working for him to boot. Adam made the decision to give this up when he was introduced to the Savoy Education Trust, who in turn offered him a placement as an apprentice chef at Claridge's Hotel. He opened his first restaurant, Time, in Clapham in 2001, specialising in small plates with a seasonal, sustainable philosophy. The restaurant won numerous awards, but after a move to Covent Garden, unforeseen problems caused the venture to fail, an experience that, as he says, was the most lonely place I've been in my life. But I had a wife and a child and a mortgage, so I had to get up and move on. Adam's Restaurant Group has since launched Trinity, holder of One Michelin Star, Bistro Union and Upstairs, which Adam describes as the most accidentally successful restaurant I've ever opened. We'll talk to Adam in a few minutes about all of this and what it means to him to be a mentor to a young chefs starting in the business. We've also got brilliant music from, amongst others, Ray Brown all-star band Nina Simone and the Staple Singers. That's today's Jazz Shapers Encore special. Here's Lonnie Liston-Smith with Mardi Gras. That was Lonnie Liston-Smith with Mardi Gras and right here, right now he's back it's only been six years Uh, it's Adam Byatt and he is our Business style Jazz Shaper, Special Encore Edition. It's really good to have you here. How are you? I'm really well, thanks, Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me again. No, ab- absolute yep. pleasure. People may know you from the telly. You, uh, yeah, you've a done a bit. Of, you've done a bit of that.
2: Yeah, I've done a bit of telly. I do uh, Saturday Kitchen from time to time. Yeah, Great British Menu, MasterChef, bits and pieces like that. Yep.
0: lots of stuff. Yep, radio
2: little Uh, bit. Only this, only with you. Only this, only Only with with me. me. Good,
0: you say all the right things. Now, we we met, and we, we know each other outside of Jazz Shapers, but we met six years ago here for the first time we did this. And at that point, I believe you had two restaurants?
2: Yeah, just Trinity and Bistro Union in
0: Clapham, yeah. And Trinity at that point did not have... A Michelin and star. star. That's right. But the Michelin star that's came right. about four years ago. She finally arrived. She finally four arrived. Days, four years ago. I mean, that is, it's not the only thing that matters to a, a, a proper chef. And I don't mean that rudely to people mm-hmm. who aren't chefs in this space. But in the high end that you operate in, mm-hmm. um, that's important, right? Absolutely. If, I think if you operate a business that is
2: that is at that level and you invest all the time and the money it takes to deliver that kind of product at that level, then being awarded a Michelin star really just is the icing on the cake and makes it all Know, sort of come together properly so
0: because there's hard it's graft huge. and then yeah. there's talent right i mean and you yeah. are a grafter you you know we talked about the yeah. fact you, you you've been working a working class yeah. boy have you lost any of that edge because you're now in a different world and you've now been doing this a long time with you mm-hmm. know in a, in an environment which you weren't brought up in
2: yeah it's quite it's an interesting question because it, actually you become in the beginning you're continually fighting to try to be somewhat Secure or safe and that's your hunger your continual hunger to fight against that when you get to a position where you know I'm not finished but I am slightly more secure and safe now in my environment My business is very very robust and everything else. It's interesting that fight that that hunger doesn't go away. Doesn't it? No It doesn't go away. It actually manifests itself in other ways, and I just become much I've become much more I'm very very demanding and very driven about where I want the business to go now um, and I have like the support network of the entire business behind me. So it's really interesting.
0: Is it more focused? Because now you know how to channel that hunger, yeah,
2: yeah. and you're sort of... You... It's less sc- scattergun and much more focused in one single direction. I know exactly where I'm going. To be honest, Michelin helped that a little bit. It helps clarify that, yeah, you know what, this is the right direction. This is the right product for Trinity. We are doing the right thing, and
0: it's quite nice to have that endorsement from some another professional Body. brand. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you worry, though, to the hunger point do you worry that you will lose it that suddenly the, the working class lad who had everything to prove is suddenly he's going to wake up and go well I've got there done
2: I, do, I, do, I just don't think I'll ever be like that I just don't think it's in my DNA you know that. and there is that thing you know, a great band's first song is often their very best song right because they're so hungry and so mm. sort of passionate about what they're doing and I don't want it to be like that I think everything that we do is born out of that same hunger to be brilliant at what we do and be the best we can
0: yeah I always thought when I when I've been to I've been to one of the restaurants you were invested in, and I've seen obviously been to, very lucky enough to have been to lots of lovely restaurants. The chef mentality, and we've talked about this before, is kind of a sailor goes to sea, and it, it feels like get on the boat, go and do your thing, work really hard, come off the boat, get lost for quite a few hours. I mean, literally mm-hmm. just oblivion in a mm-hmm. way for m- mm-hmm. many chefs. How have you managed to? mature through that and still maintain that intensity in the kitchen. it's a really interesting question
2: in terms of that sort of work hard, play hard thing. Yeah. As, a, as a young chef, that is, that's a huge topic of conversation in the, in the hospitality industry at the moment. Mental health, um, you know, mental awareness, keeping yourself, you know, out of the danger zone. And we live right on the edge of it. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Our party time is when we, everybody else should be really, should, should be asleep. And, and we, we have a very small amount of time in which to wind down and I think, you know, I wouldn't say I was avoiding of that. I ju- I've just managed to navigate my, my way around it, mainly because I have a fantastic wife and family that have helped me to sort of make sure I stay on the straight and narrow and stay where I am. That doesn't that, go to say it wouldn't have happened, but it didn't happen. I'm very grateful for. Mm. But I do think now it's my responsibility to make sure that some of my young cooks that might be susceptible to things like that is to make sure that they, they are avoiding and they are u- finding other ways to excess that, that tension and that stress and, and um, uh, not going down a dark
0: road. People think about mental health much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll read in the press about some antics that go on in the kitchen and mm-hmm. there's a bit of bullying and all this other stuff. You obviously are now looking after a fair number of people mm-hmm. uh, across it. How, and you said, of course, we're more aware, how do you practically ensure that people do tread that? path the right way that they do have fun but they know when to stop Mm. are there pep talks that adam has with his people (laughs) (laughs) there are there are the odd pep talk but
2: i think you know it's more about being aware and just being if you're around people all day long the thing in my business is we stand next to each other for 14 16 hours a day so if something's not right with someone you can pretty much tell you know if you if you're slightly worldly you can sort of tell and if that if that behavior is repetitive then you can you can identify it and then there might be a sort of a call for a, a quick coffee around the corner sort of chat. But ultimately, I think they also take the lead from the example that is set from above. So I, just, I do make sure that the very senior team, the heads of department, if you like, do toe a very strict line on how they socialise and how they behave outside of work. So that, that is the reputation that is set or that is the example that's set. Mm. For the, for the younger guys
0: Hard though isn't it because you know in it, many people <clears throat> listening work in office environments mm-hmm. and the in the office there are rules mm-hmm. there are rules about language mm-hmm. there are rules about what one does mm-hmm. slightly different Kitchens I mean, are definitely still pirate ships there's no doubt about Yeah, that. they really are still a little bit and you need that though don't now. you but you need that a bit don't you because yeah. you need that creativity and that as you yeah. said living on the edge thing yeah. because that's when great stuff happens that's right and we have this sort of huge buzzy time when the service
2: happens and there is that buzz there that you just can't get anywhere else and mm-hmm. it is incredible but it takes people to a place that is slightly slightly strange it's a slightly strange place in their head and therefore all those rules and stuff just don't really they don't work in, in a kitchen environment but it's, it makes it what it is it shapes it into the, the environment that allows it to be creative like that mm.
0: and what happens when you see a young Adam when you see someone you go this guy's got this guy's got some character oh, this woman, young woman's got this character That mm. they've got some talent and, but they're a little bit, and I'm, you throw yourself back into that age of between 15 and 20, whatever is mm-hmm. young, young man. They've got something, but they're probably quite hard to manage. I'm mm-hmm. imagining you were mm-hmm. not an easy guy to manage. I'd say I, that's probably right. Probably yeah. an understatement yeah. of the year. Um, what do you do to ha- um, to harness them and make sure <clears throat> that they do... Come through and flourish because I'm going to talk about it later. But a I lot try. of your people have gone on to do great yeah, things.
2: That, uh, yeah, that legacy thing is really important. But I think if I identify someone like that, I do try to, without being that fatherly patronizing message, try to explain to them that this is the journey that I took. I can see a lot of characteristics in you that were in me too. If you play your cards right and you and you make some good decisions along the road here, you're likely. To be a big success, so it's you know that's without being patronising and parental mm. to them, because mm. not particularly keen on that. But you can give those. You know, ultimately, my story tells its own tale, and if they follow that, then then there's an opportunity to make a success out of this industry, when only a, fair, a few amount of people do actually end up making a real success out
0: of it. And I want to talk about the success. Uh, six years ago, <coughs> we were talking about empires. Not empires in in the sand, but real empires. And I want to play you this from the program back in 2013, and just see how you feel about it.
2: For me, it's about pacing it out now. I'm 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 now nearly 40, and I want to sort of look at the next 20 years and pace out how this is going to work. I want to invest in some of the fantastic people that have worked for me for a long time. Uh, perhaps do another couple of restaurants, but I won't overstretch myself. You know, ultimately, three restaurants right now keep me very very busy. Um, and they keep me very happy too and I, I there's a, there's only so much I need or I want and and I want to be able to Feel and be emotionally connected with all the places that, that I open and and I think if you get too big You just can't do that. Well, that's really interesting to hear yourself back isn't it that much time ago? I am now uh, Approaching 46 so things have definitely moved You're on. a young man and, I um, But I have to say those principles haven't shifted all that much that third restaurant I mentioned there is no longer but we are now at four restaurants, so interestingly enough the story has grown the empire if you like is not really an empire but it's four restaurants Mm. it's a lot of people it's a lot of moving parts but i am definitely still emotionally connected to each restaurant and each week i do cook in each restaurant and that matters to me quite a lot in terms of um sort of staying very true to it and making sure that i'm very engaged
0: with what's going on there yeah
2: really fascinating
0: Back then, you talked about the restaurant that opened that then closed, mm-hmm. that you were involved in. Uh, when I uh, introduced you at the beginning of the program, we talked about a restaurant, again, that didn't work out in Covent yep. Garden. Have you learnt more from these ostensible failures than the successes? Completely. I, I think, you know, it's no.
2: there are many successful restaurateurs out there that have opened and closed an awful lot more restaurants than you realize. But actually, it's about solidifying... And condensing what your message and your product is, and once you realize that, you can you can then work out exactly what works, what where you sit in all this story, and you can become very focused on where you're going to go with it, and that's what it's allowed me to do, if you like, just really close down mm. the
0: And the biggest lesson so. you've learned if there was one around the around the things that haven't worked um, may need to do with there's, there's two of the biggest lessons for me is that
2: everything everything relies on the on the original deal. And
0: it's not really what you do, it's where you do it. Stay with me for more gems like that. It's my business shaper on this Jazz Shapers Encore specialist, It's Adam Byatt. He'll be coming back in a couple of minutes. But first, we're going to hear from our programme partners at Mishkon Durea some advice for your business.
3: My name's Sharon Tan. I'm a partner in the employment team at Mishkon Durea. One of the questions that I'm asked by clients most frequently is how do I deal with somebody who is underperforming? It's a very difficult thing, actually, this to get right. And it crops up very frequently in practice. And the reason it's difficult to get right is that it's very difficult often for people to acknowledge that they aren't performing. We all find it a very difficult thing to admit, even to ourselves. And of course, it's very important to make sure that you handle things in a legally compliant manner, whenever you are dealing with these issues. But I think It's as important to bear in mind that you are dealing with a human being because in practical terms what I have seen is that people are much more likely to sue, litigation is more likely to materialise and unhappiness on all fronts is likely to result if people feel that they haven't been treated fairly, properly and appropriately in the circumstances. So the two really go hand in hand and I think that is critical as a point to bear in mind whenever you are managing somebody who you don't think is coming up to scratch.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
0: You'll be pleased to hear there's a wealth of former Business Shapers, around 400 now for you to enjoy. Indeed, you can hear this programme with Adam again by asking Alexa to play Jazz Shapers. And there you can hear many of the recent programmes. Or if you pop Jazz Shapers into iTunes or your preferred podcast platform, you can find the full archive. But back to this special encore edition of Jazz Shapers, where we're welcoming back former guest Adam Byatt, chef, restaurateur and food writer, uh, who first joined us in 2013. So now you are becoming a bit of a go-to person. Things have shifted, and I mentioned Sirocco Forte, and I mentioned Mm -hmm. Brown's Hotel. You've recently become Mm -hmm. the man behind Charlie's, Mm -hmm. um, literally a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. What's it like? It's a different way of doing things. It's sort of your Mm -hmm. shop, but not your shop.
2: It was an opportunity that came along. I cooked for the Rocco Forte family in their amazing Vidura in Sicily for four years in a row as a guest chef. Met. The wonderful Lydia Forte and the family, um, they obviously liked what I did. I liked the way that they treated hospitality. We talked, we we lunched, we chatted, and eventually it turned it out that they needed someone to come on board to look after the restaurant at Brown's Hotel in Arbomar Street. Now, when you look at that from my perspective, I'm doing what I do in Clapham. It's incredibly successful, very robust, 13 years. But actually for me to get onto an address like that, um, would take an incredible amount of capital and risk. And, you know, in this particular day and age on the high street, I'm not sure I'd particularly want to do that. Mm. So this was an opportunity I wasn't going to turn down. The role, actually, is the food and beverage director for the hotel. So whilst we have opened a restaurant called Charlie's, named after the late Lord Forte, we have also have me installed to do all of the food inside the hotel. So if you go into Browns and you eat... Anything in room dining, private dining, afternoon tea, restaurant canopies, and whatever you have there, it all comes under my comes across my desk, if you like. But having said that, I do cook there as well. I cook there two days a week, or whatever whatever I can, or bits and pieces throughout the week. I cook there mm. often. I'm in there a lot, and I've installed fourteen members of my team there, and that um, that's what's given it the the structure, the backbone to create that culture. Because whilst it's whilst you're going in and writing a load of menus and bringing some food supply and, and coming up with some dishes is one element to what we do, but actually I think it's much bigger than that. What I do is in, install a, a food culture where everybody thinks about food the same way, they talk about food the same way, they care about people, they look after each other in the same way because food is the centre of that mm. and the way that we think and talk about food. And that's what I've tried to really install into there. We're only a few months in at it, but actually, you know, this will take... take two to three years to get to the place that i really dream it will get to but ultimately we are inside one of the most iconic beautiful hotels in london Mm -hmm. and um brown's is the very first hotel ever in london and um remains
0: quintessentially brilliant in my opinion in terms of the culture, if you were describing in a couple of lines what this, this ethos is or the philosophy according to Adam as it relates to food and what you want to enthuse your, your team to mm-hmm. feel, what, what would be the one or two first things? If Moses was bringing down his Ten Commandments, well, what are it, Adam's? It, it, it's, about, it's
2: about making sure that food is front and centre of every conversation, of every decision. Guest experience with food is, is, is absolutely the first point of call. It's very easy, especially, it's easy in a restaurant, but it's even easier in a hotel to get laid down with the politics and the people and the levels of all this kind of different conversations that go on and blame culture and all this red tape and all those horrible words you hear about, you know, larger corporations. But actually, if you can just wash all that aside and say, no, no, food and the guest experience is going to be first and foremost of every single conversation, all we're going to do, actually, is talk about that. We're not going to blame each other. We're not going to talk... We're just going to think, how can we make this food better? How can we buy it better? How can we prepare it better? How can we be more efficient about it? How can we get a better experience to the guest? If all the conversations start that way, it tends to dilute a lot of political rubbish that happens.
0: We've talked a little bit about the food culture, which obviously must be the most important thing. The second thing, and it's equally important, are the people. And you reference the fact got my 14 people across, Mm -hmm. I've ported in this structure, we know Mm -hmm. what we're doing, we look at each other and we know what's happening. People are important to you and I just want to again play you something from the original Mm -hmm. programme that we did back Mm -hmm. in 2013 and just see if this still makes sense to you.
2: I value what I was given so much so that I that's the one area that I absolutely donate my time to for free and give give where I possibly can is is the training of youth because I'm very acutely aware that without those people taking that risk at that moment on me, which and it was a risk, then I would never be where I am today. And I'm a very lucky guy, you know, to be able to get up and go to work and do what I love every day is a is a Yeah, that's a privilege right now. And to be able to give that back to perhaps some, some just a handful of you know, young young chefs, then that is that's absolutely my duty. Yeah, lovely. That's very interesting to hear that. Obviously I still maintain that as a principle, but what has happened is my business has grown, my my reputation, stature, whatever has grown. So now it's actually less about that. What I was talking about there was about getting into colleges and getting yeah. into yeah. that kind of stuff. And th- now, because I have the resources and the, uh, and the openings and the, and the template of business that I have, it's now about going forward, leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. So this is now about taking those people that are brilliant, shining lights, fantastic people that have stuck by me, worked hard, done incredible things, and giving them a platform to become hugely successful. So, that, so it's a sort of a, a second stage of that, if you like. Mm. I still believe in all those principles, but now I have the platform. I, I have the platform to provide an amazing opportunity for these guys to become superstars, and ultimately, that's how this whole thing will go full circle for me.
0: There's a lot of independence, or rather, the importance of being independent and independent thinkers in uh, in your business is critical. How many people now are in the, inside the, the four different restaurants and, and indeed the food and beverage piece that you're covering? Uh, over,
2: over 150 people report to me on a daily basis like that, yeah.
0: And how do you ensure that each one of them is empowered to do what they need to do? By making sure that the key heads of people are all from my stock, if you like. Mm. They all, all think like me, we
2: talk like me, they're versed like me. We have the same culture and belief. What What's often misconstrued is that hospitality is about chairs and tables and food and wine and it's not about that at all it's a hundred percent about people it's all people my business is a hundred percent people if i could go back 25 years now the one thing i would do is a psychology degree because (laughs) having 150 people working for you 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 could really do with a psychology degree because it's really all about making sure those people are as acutely efficient Mm. on board in tune with your culture in tune with what you believe as humanly possible and they work so hard I really I just spend my time looking after
0: people and making sure they're right really It reminds me speaking to you again that you're <coughs> it sounds a bit strange thing. So you're incredibly intelligent which is you know in the sense that you didn't do a university degree you talk about psychology there what you've learnt you've learnt on the job mm. how do you continue to learn Mm. in what you're doing because you've obviously you are obviously interested in the psychology of people you're obviously interested in ensuring people have the right environment where's all that come from
2: well it's a really good question and i can answer that straight away when this opportunity for for brown's hotel came along for, for the forte family i have to say obviously i thought great expansion great more financial security great my team can evolve and the next thing i thought was fantastic i have the opportunity to learn because i don't really get that much opportunity to learn and actually i could get quite comfortable in my business now because it's quite strong and it is where it is but i just thought really immediately i thought i can learn i'm going into a a hugely well-established incredible hotel group into one of the best hotels in london they have to have information that i don't have systems Mm. Procedures, ways of looking at things, ways of dealing with things, ways of approaching things that I've never seen before. I'm going to learn huge amounts out of this. So that's one of the huge drivers for me to do that job. And, you know, the other way that I genuinely learn is by employing people, and I'm not afraid to do this, who are better at things than me. And often in business, and often in especially in the hospitality industry, people won't employ people who are much better than them or you know, have much more knowledge than them. I'm totally not afraid of that. I have some people in my business that are far
0: better than me and I learn loads of things from them. Stay with me for my final chat with my guest, Ed, Adam Byatt. Plus, we'll be playing a track from the Staple Singers. That's in just a moment. Don't go anywhere.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
0: We've had some brilliant music here today, as we always do, but it's particularly Mm. good here on this Jazz Shapers Encore special. That was the Stable Singers with, if you're ready, come go with me. I'm with Adam Byatt. He's been my Encore uh, guest today, and he's with me just for a few more minutes. We've talked about a lot of things, about food culture. We've talked about people. We've talked about you and learning. The other thing, and it's come up a couple of times today, um, I asked you about the two biggest things you've learned, and the two things you said in, this, in the order was, number one, get the deal right. The deal's mm. really important. Number two, it's where, mm. not what. Mm. I want to go back to the deal, and I want to go back to the fact now you're running a business, mm-hmm. and obviously that's at the heart of everything you do, because if you don't make a buck, you're finished. I don't know how good you are. Mm-hmm. The graft is important. The talent's important. This commercial aptitude which you've developed, uh, um, how have you done that? And how does it not get in the way of the best quality service and food? Mm. That's a that's a great question, Elliot, because actually, and what I do,
2: and naturally where I, my go-to is all about giving. It's all about trying to please people with food, trying to ha- make people have a great time. It's about hospitality. It's about generosity and all that stuff. And though that is totally juxtapositioned against the very hard end of commercial business. So the two butt against each other. But somehow I am able to do it. I don't enjoy the business side of it as much as I enjoy the hospitality side. It's much nicer, it's much more pleasant. But I do enjoy, at the end of the month, looking at a P&L and thinking, you know what, we deliver amazing hospitality, we deliver brilliant food, we've got people that love working for us, and we make money. And that makes me proud, because, mm-hmm. it, because ultimately we're not doing it as a hobby, we're not doing it because, you know, we're, and we're not ripping it to pieces and everyone's unhappy doing it and we're making a ton of cash. There's a really good, healthy balance in the business. And that's all I'm ever really after. You know, I think that's what's important in the P&L.
0: And as you develop this growth, the the business grows, and maybe there's only going to be another one or two, or maybe Mm -hmm. it stays at four and you said you want to be connected, is the biggest buzz still when you're cooking and it's service? 100%. Is it that moment? Is that like literally the adrenaline hit. It's not the service moment. I kind, of, do you know? I've been cooking for thirty
2: years. Actually, in May next year, I would have been on rattling pans on the stove for thirty years, which is actually quite a long time. And and that that thing that happens in service where it's all a bit chaotic and it's all a bit frenetic and it all comes together at the last second. Do you know? What I can sort of take or leave that now because I've got enough going on in my life. But the actual act of cookery, I still find that the most pleasurable thing in my entire life. In terms of professionally and food and what I do as a job, I, I I just love that part of it, and I think, and that's genuine. That's that kind of that is inside me. It's part of my DNA. I'm I'm at my happiest professionally when I'm just just cooking beautiful food for people and making people happy like that. And that bit, if I ever lose that, I think the business will lose a
0: huge chunk of its greatness. Well, don't lose it. Just keep cooking. It's been great seeing you again. Not to. Thank yeah. you very Good. much for having me. R- I've really enjoyed you. it. Um, we don't normally do this, but you're special. I know you're very uh, kind. <laughs> what we're going to give privileged. you an, an extra song choice because um, you got one the first time round, but apparently uh, we can break the rules or can do what we like. Actually, um, what would you like us to play? Thanks, Elliot. My, uh, I'm very privileged to run a song, um, and the choice I want is
2: Anita O'Day. Waiter, make my blues.
1: The time is
3: the same, our old rendezvous. The table is set dear, it lacks only you. Oh what am I having? Waiter just make mine blue.
0: That was Anita O'Day with Waiter Make Mine Blues, the song choice of my Encore Jazz Shapers special, Adam Byatt. He talked about it being focused on the giving. It was all about the giving. That is what great service and great food is about. For him also, it's all about the people. Get the right people in, give them the space to express themselves and all will be well. And finally for Adam, he's at his happiest when he is actually in the midst of cooking. And how good is that to hear? That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Have a brilliant Christmas.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
0: We hope you enjoyed that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform or head over to mishkon.com forward slash Jazz Shapers.